Beitza, Perak Beis, Mishnah Test 2.9. This Mishnah comes on the heels of the previous, where we had mentioned the utensil called the Rechaim Shel Pilpalin, the grinder of peppers. And this Mishnah really is a side point talking about the Tuma status of the various components of the Rechaim Shel Pilpalin. So it's really a Tuma Tahara topic here. Um, the basic gist of the Mishnah is as follows. When it comes to normal utensils, um, if there are multiple components to it and it functions as a whole unit, a single unit, so then all the different components integrated into that utensil typically are considered to be part of the same utensil and therefore all of them share a single Tuma status. So for example, if you think of, let's say, a mousetrap. Mousetrap has like that wooden base and then glued to it or attached to it is the, the metal you know spring and the part that comes down on the mouse, etc. That's one unit. It functions together. And if it's tame, so then if, let's say, for example, a dead rat touches any part of the mousetrap, then all the parts of the mousetrap are equally tame. It's not that the wooden base becomes tame, but not the spring or vice versa. Now, the missionary wants to consider what the status is of the rechaim shall pilpil in this pepper grinder, which has it's comprised of three separate parts. And the question is, are they considered to be three parts of a single whole or three independent utensils? And the Mishnah's basic point is, they are three independent utensils. It's just, again, what does this Rechaim Shalpilpin look like? It has three parts to it. Um, it functions quite similarly to a garlic press, like a hand garlic press, if you used that before. Um, so think of that kind of situation here, where you have three parts to it. The top part is like the pestle, it's going to be pushing down on the pepper to smush it. And that will be, it's basically a wooden stick, essentially, but there's a metal piece at the bottom of it. So that keeps it firm, hard, rigid, durable, and it's going to mash down on the pepper. Then what you're mashing against is a second piece, which is something like, think of it like a honeycomb. It's made out of wood, um, but it has holes in it through which the mushed pepper pieces can ooze through very much like that hand garlic press where you're squeezing the one side metal pushing against the garlic in the middle and then the garlic is crushed and the little bits of garlic ooze through the holes. So that's the second piece. Is this like the honeycomb hole, you know, network? And then the third piece is the receptacle into which the crushed pepper is collected and that's like a little like dish. It's also made out of wood. So our mission's point here is that the three separate parts are considered three separate utensils. Each one's susceptible to Tuma, and each one susceptible to Tuma individually. So that means, for example, the mousetrap. If you take a mousetrap, and it, let's say it was Tume, and then you rip the metal away from that wooden base, so now you have like essentially a broken mousetrap. So since the utensil is now broken, no longer functional, all the parts become Tahor, a utensil a clee that becomes broken loses its tuma. So if you have the tummy mousetrap and you rip into two parts, both parts are now tahor. In contrast, since we have all three of the component parts of the Rechaim Shalpilpalin being independent utensils, so when you disassemble it or reassemble it, there's no impact on the tuma status of each of the individual pieces. And similarly, um, if the proverbial dead rat touches any one of those three parts, it's if the dead rat touches the receptacle that's collecting the crushed pepper, so then the other parts of the pepper grinder, um, meaning the stick with the metal piece at the bottom, as well as the 
middle wooden um, like honeycomb network thing. And those remain tahor. They remain tahor because when a utensil becomes tummy, it can't convey too much other utensils under normal circumstances. Okay, so that's the point of our Mishnah here. Um, and now we'll go through each part one at a time. It says, Harechaim shel pilpalin, when it comes to this device, Tamea mishum shlosha kalim. It's tame, but considered tame as three independent utensils. Mishum kli kibul. As for the bottom piece, it's made out of wood. Wood is one of these seven industrial materials that are susceptible to tuma. But wood, a wooden utensil, is only susceptible to tuma if it has a base kibul, if it has a receptacle to hold something. And this, of course, does. This is like the tray which catches the crushed pepper. And therefore, um, it because of mishum kli kibul, since it has a utensil, a receptacle in the utensil, it's susceptible to tuma on a derisa level. Umishum kli matachot. And secondly, the top component, the, the stick, the pestle, made out of wood, but has the metal at the bottom, will become will become tummy as a metal utensil. Now this, of course, is mostly made out of wood. But since it has a metal piece at the bottom, and the metal piece at the bottom is the essential piece, what makes this thing, like the pepper crusher, is that it has this hard piece of metal at the bottom, which is used to crush the pepper. So then the wooden stick is looked as as like a handle subordinate to the metal base and therefore it's makabal tuma as a metal utensil that's important because since a stick doesn't have a base keeble has no receptacle a stick that's like a pestle made out of you know out of of wood would not be susceptible to tuma but since it has a metal base that metal on the end of it and that metal on the end of it is the essential component it's considered to be a metal utensil metal utensils become tume are susceptible to tuma even without having any base keeble or receptacle. And as for the middle piece, the wooden honeycomb type piece against which you're pressing, is also tame mishum kli kavara, because it is like a sifter. Now this is a little different. Mido araisa. A kavara, like a sieve or a sifter, is not makabotoma under normal circumstances, um, because if it's made out of some natural fiber, some wooden material, or similar, it's a Klee 8, and a Klee 8 has to have a receptacle, and since everything passes through the holes, it doesn't have a receptacle to hold things on a derived level. Everything passes through. However, the rabbis were gozer that any Klee Kavara, any sort of, um, like, networky type um, material, like uh, wooden utensil like this, um, very much resembles something like, say, like a cheesecloth, um, or other sort of, you know, loosely woven fabric, and a beged, uh, woven fabric from natural materials, is susceptible to tuma without needing to have like a specific, you know, um, pocket as a receptacle. So the rabbis felt that things that resemble a kavara, a sifter, really resemble very much and almost are tantamount to um, cheesecloth and similar. They function the same way, they do the same thing. Since the cheesecloth is makabal tuman on the rice level, they said any kavara sifting device should be makabal tuman on the rabbana level, and therefore that's the case with the middle piece in the Rechaim Shel Pelpelin.